0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. On boundaries, I'm going to show you, talk to you about some of the boundaries even my dad taught me. They happen to be in the boundaries book as well I was talking to you about. The boundaries book by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. So you need to look into that book. If you don't have it, get it boundaries are what we need in our lives sometimes our lives feel like they're out of control it's because we have no boundaries all right but before we get into that i just want to say my dad has always been my hero and it's a pleasure working with him some people say over the years it was funny to say yeah but you know you work with your dad i'm like you try to work with your dad you don't understand the grace that's been on both of us historically we know this. Fathers and sons working together at anything is dangerous. It is. Naturally, they bump heads. And praise God for that. It's funny. Many of us, I humbly say this now. Many of us, you, you get older and you go, oh, yeah, my mom and dad, they're, they're really easy to be around. You know, some of you guys are saying, man, mom and dad, they're, you know, they're just, as they've gotten older, they've gotten better. Yeah, but you've gotten better as you've gotten older, too. Right? So, dad says some get worse. Hopefully none of you in here. You've got to, you don't want to stay in the same spot. If you stay the same, well, you need to keep moving up with God. But I just want to give God honor today for my dad. I want to honor dad. He's the founding pastor of this church with my mom, and he's always been a great example uh, to us, and he's a hero in the faith. And I guarantee it, you get home with him, and he talks the same way he does at church. It's all faith. You say, man, well, that's irritating. Don't hang out with him then. It's going to talk faith, and it's all real all the time. And it goes back to God. Everything goes back to God. And dad's preference is this. You say, well, how can I relate to pastor? Maybe I'll talk to him about football. Wrong. He has an appreciation for sports. He does. And athletics. He was an athlete. He still is. He still works out. But you want to relate to dad? You want to relate to pastor? Learn this early on. Talk to him about the things of God. He's always got something to say about that. So, Dad, we love you. Thank you so much. God bless you, Dad. We love you so much. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. So I want to continue on the series um, about boundaries, and we're going to see how God leads us with this. Someone asked me, man, why did you do a series on boundaries? Well, number one, they've been so valuable in my life, boundaries what are boundaries? We'll talk some more about it in a moment. Number two, I've noticed that many people, even good people, well-meaning people, don't have boundaries in some areas where they need them. All right? I've noticed that. So, and at the same time, God was leading me uh, within the last month. I, I was like, I need, I just need to speak on boundaries. I don't, I've spoken about boundaries, but I've never done a series on boundaries that I recall. I don't believe I have. So today is Boundaries, and it's a life of peace and freedom. Boundaries actually give you peace and freedom. Did you know a train is freest on the tracks? Say, no, I'm going to buy a train, Pastor Matt, and I'm going to put it out in the field and we're going to pull it. though. Well, that's just dumb. Or I'm going to get a car, let's say a Cadillac, and I like Cadillacs. I like big body sedans. I'm old school that way, and that I think I've always had something for big-body sedans, even though I went through a little phase of liking little Euro cars. I like big-body sedans. They remind me of my granddad, and they're just comfortable. And when you park, people got to make room for you. So would you get a, a Cadillac, a fully loaded Cadillac, sedan, four-door, and you say, man, we're going to take this thing mud-bogging? No. It was intrinsically created and delicately created to live a life of boundaries on the road. You can maybe take it on a dirt road sometimes if you have to. But how many of you know a four-door Cadillac sedan was not made for taking down to the river and and towing towing your RV with And I've seen people tow some stuff with some crazy things. I have, especially around here. How many of you know there's a fine line between redneck and Hispanic? Let's be real. Let's be real. (laughs) All right? Country and Hispanic has a fine line to do a lot of similar things, but I've seen people breaking boundaries and protocol and, and pulling, pulling trailers with really little vehicles that shouldn't be pulling them. And I, to my understanding, I don't know much about mechanics, but I think you can ruin a vehicle right, like that, all right? Things are created with boundaries. We just Sometimes we just extend the boundaries, we jump past them, all right? You've got to remember God created us to have a life of boundaries for more peace and freedom. Now let me talk to you a little bit about God and boundaries. Let's go to 1 John 1.5. God and boundaries. This is just part of the intro. I'm not into any points yet. Look at this boundary that God has. It's real simple. See, people go, well, there's no boundaries in the Bible. Maybe you haven't read it. Have you ever looked in the Old Testament? There are chapters dedicated to the boundaries of land given to the children of Israel. Boundaries. Over and over, God mentions in the Word, the inspired Word of God, That's the boundary to Edom. Don't mess with them. That's the boundary to Moab. That's the boundary to this. There's boundaries. When he gave the people of Israel the land, he gave it to them with what? Boundaries. So God God has always had boundaries. Look at this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, 1 John 1, 5. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So God is light. He's not darkness. Is everybody with me? That's a boundary, isn't it? God says, I'm light. The darkness over there, that's not me. God has always taken care of his property, and he's always had boundaries around it, always. And God has always said this since the beginning of time. You can do what I say and be blessed. That's my boundary. But if you get outside of my boundaries, there's a curse. There's consequences. That's God and his boundaries. Let's go to 1 John 4:16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So if it's true love, agape love, it's from God. Are you with me? If it's not done in love, it's not done, it's not done by God, and you're not doing it for God. You say, yeah, but i got to do this. No, here's what I know. If, if you're doing that, that's fine, but if you're doing it according to God's parameters, His boundaries, if it's not done in love, it's not of God. It's that simple. Let's go to this verse now, Genesis 1, God said, I love this verse, let us make human beings or mankind, men and women, in our image to be like us. Isn't that powerful? God created you to be like him. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I just want to interject something right now. Did you know that there are places on the planet, you can talk about climate change or whatever, we know the climate changes naturally, historically. We're not going to get into all that debate right now. We just know that it does. We know that they've found evidence of a fo- of, of forest under the desert in Africa, different places, Sahara Desert. There's, so things have changed. There's a word they use, is called desertization. A place that is fruitful becomes a desert. Here's what's fascinating. Scientists have found out, one in particular, I don't remember his name. He found out that if folks will allow uh, pastors, which are sheep herders, okay, that's what a pastor is, someone who takes care of sheep, sheep herders, livestock herders, ranchers basically, to live on land and move their animals around, whether it be cattle or whatever, llamas, I don't know, whatever, They keep the land from becoming desert. They also reclaim desert just by having animals grazing out there. Fascinating. God gave us authority over the earth, authority over the animals, and us working in tandem with the animals blesses the earth. Fascinating. It's right there in Scripture. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Anybody got any questions about transgender right now? Male and female, he created them. I know that some folks have been abused, and I'm not making fun of that. That's terrible. But male and female, he created them. How many of you know that we as humans, and I know not everybody's situation was ideal, we receive our identity from our father? You received your last name, but you also received, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. My dad was brilliant with boundaries, and he didn't even realize it. One of my favorite memories of dad for boundaries was, you weren't acting right? Dad would tell me this, he'd say, hey, buddy, you better get out of here. That's a boundary. And he'd say, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna have a better attitude, you can come back, otherwise, get out of here, I'm not messing with you. There'd be times we were working and I was just, man, didn't wanna work and frustrated, I'm causing dad more problems than it's worth. He's like, you're gonna learn how to do this, but not right now. Dad used to say, you have a sorry disposition. What what is no, I don't. And he said, Yeah, you do. Get out of here. Arguing like that, can you imagine? You have a bad attitude. No, I don't. Right? Dad say, out. That's a boundary. Now God created us in his image and he said, Here are your boundaries. I'm I'm giving you control and authority over the animals of the earth. Better said, authority. You can lord over them. You you will run things on the planet. He gave us the planet to take care of. He said, These are your boundaries. This is yours, all right? From the start, God has been a God of boundaries. So today I'm going to give you some examples of boundaries, not many. And I think you're going to really, really get something out of it today. So my first point today is skin. Say, what? How is that a boundary? You remember growing up with your siblings? I know anyone who had a sibling in here, you'd tell them, don't touch me. I remember John and Lane doing that, and they do that to me sometimes. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You get as close as you can. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not, they're right here. You're right here. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Not touching you. They're like, get away. And then Lane would say stuff like, your breath is hot. <laughs> oh, and your breath stinks, you know. Lane always had a great sense of smell. Get away. And they're right through you. I'm not touching you. But skin, many people don't realize it, maybe because of the situation they were raised in. They don't realize that this is the most basic boundary of all. Skin. Somebody say skin. Not everybody rolls like I do. You feel me? Is everybody with me? Not everybody rolls like I do. Or John, my brother is a big hugger. And some people are not big huggers. They're... You're going in for a hug, and they're putting their hand up like that, right? It's like the Matrix. No he knows we used to have jokes. You're going in for a hug, and they're putting their hand up, and they're going. <laughs> they're, they're reaching it. They're putting their shake up like, let's shake hands. Let's shake hands and not hug. That's fine. That's a boundary. So, oh, no, everybody in here is going to hug. See, what people don't realize, and some of you were raised in church like this. No, everybody's going to do this. Well, not everybody's an extrovert. Not everybody's touchy-feely. Some are laughing, having a good old time, hugging and kissing, and others like, don't, don't kiss me, man. My brother Jonathan, once again, another great boundary here. John said, it's cool, man. It's cool that Theas can kiss me and stuff. He said, but I don't want my uncles kissing me. So I make jokes with John sometimes, like, come here, brother, let's have a big kiss here. Let me kiss you on the cheek like we're in the mafia. I have an uncle from each side that would hug us and kiss us. It never bothered me, and John's like, man, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's just a boundary. He's like, don't kiss me if you're a man. Don't be kissing me on the cheek. All right? Skin, the most basic boundary. The beauty of skin is this. This relates to my previous message two weeks ago. The way God created skin, it is supposed to keep the bad out and allow good in. Look, God put a hole in your skin right here. Look. Now, some of you are using that hole in your skin to eat Twinkies. That is not good. We'll talk about that later. Maybe we'll do a health series. All right? It's not good. I know they taste good, but, man, they've done experiments. You can leave those things on the shelf for 20 years. They look the same way. Imagine your body trying to break that junk down. One lady had a hamburger from McDonald's for 20 years. Another story. All right? But skin keeps the good in and the bad out. You know, like good fences in a yard? Remember that? You ever heard someone say, he gets under my skin? He could be violating a boundary. Now, some people are just angry. I'm not talking about any of you in here. I've dealt with some people that are angry about everything. But here's the thing. If you're not just an angry person and something makes you angry, chances are you have a boundary that's being violated. Okay? We'll get into more of that in a moment. Like Paul Harvey used to say, some of you remember the rest of the story. You remember that? All you youngins in here, y'all don't remember what CDs are. Or does anyone remember hardwired telephones? Anyway, number one, skin. You can tell someone not to touch you, and you can enforce that boundary. That is your moral right. It's your legal right. It's a God-given right. If that boundary is being violated, something is wrong. You don't want to be touched, and you're being forced to be touched. Well, that gets into other issues. But skin should be your most basic boundary. That's number one, and you need to know that, all right? Even in marriage, even in friendship, You don't always have to be touched. And I have a tendency to always touch. So I realize that's that's, it's not always the time or the place for that, okay? Skin is a boundary. Number two. Oh, I like this one. This is a good one. Words. Somebody say words. Yeah, words are a boundary. Let's go to Matthew 5.37. Matthew 5.37. We're going to get into this real good here. 5.37. Matthew 5.37. What does that say? Look at what Jesus said. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. All right? Situation by situation, and it depends on the heart of people, but have you ever noticed someone won't give you a direct answer, and they're giving you everything else? It's like, come on, yes or no. All right? Yes or no. Let's go to James 5.12. James 5.12. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, Never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple what? Yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. How many of you know yes and no simplifies things? Yes and no simplifies things. Did you know no is a powerful, confrontational, powerful and confrontational word that sets boundaries? You don't have to say it angrily, but it's confrontational. I'm going to say this right now. There's somebody in here. there, There are people in here. I know this. You get a room with this mix of heritages and backgrounds and different belief systems and different areas and different pasts and different presents and different futures going on, some of us need to be a little bit more confrontational in here. You need to stop being walked on. You need to say no. Others, you need to stop saying no to everything. (laughs) we got to balance. we got to meet in the middle, all right? Did you know, did you know, I don't, know, I don't know who I'm saying this to, but I just got to say this. I've watched this my whole life. Did you know, young ladies and gentlemen, when you get married, it's your wedding? Now, if they're paying for it and they want to have a say-so in it, and you're agreeing to let them pay for the wedding, then you may want to go along with some stuff and negotiate. But at the same time, I've seen people pay for their own weddings, and their uncles and aunts and cousins and friends all want to sing a special to the wedding. Everybody wants to do something. But they're not the ones getting married that day. Now, some of that can be great, and we work it out, right? But my point is, many times, we're so unhappy in life, but we're doing what everybody else wants us to do. We are. And that's where boundaries come in. Some of you are doing things right now, you say, oh, you heard. No, no, no. Let let me just say this prophetically. Some of you, I just know this by the Spirit of God, some of you in this room are doing things right now that you're doing for someone else, and they make you uncomfortable, and you keep doing them, and you keep doing them, and you keep doing them. Some may not be illegal or immoral. Sometimes they are, but sometimes it just makes you uncomfortable. You don't like it. Well, guess what? You should not do that. Are you hearing me today? I'm getting some looks in here. Y'all can't see what I'm seeing up here. I'm getting some looks. And then there's some of you have said no so long to certain things you should be saying yes to. You never gave that person or that something a chance or that, I don't know, that job. I don't know what. You need to, you need, it's time to say yes to that thing. But you need to be led by God. Don't just say no to say no. But you should have boundaries. There's times you can say, watch it, look at the power of this. Yes, but I have conditions. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. But my wife and I, we do that with each other all the time. We give into each other. There's a lot of give and take. You know, people say, oh, you got to give 50%. You got to be 50%. Others say, no, you got to give 100%. You got to give 100%. Whatever it is, my wife and I keep our unity by communicating and setting boundaries. There's things my wife tells me, she goes, I'm not interested in doing that. You can do it, but I'm not going. There's other stuff my wife goes, baby, would you help? And I'm helpful. You can talk to her, and it's between us and God. I know that. But you can talk to her. I'm helpful. I throw out the trash. I stay busy. I take initiative. I am not lazy. I move so quick that the hair fell off of my head. Just blew it right off years ago. It doesn't grow back. Just like the flash. Maybe that's why Manuel's bald, too. I don't know, but it looks good on him. Maybe he was moving too quick. His hair just fell off. Lost track of it but there's times where I tell my wife I, and we say this to each other very kindly <laughs> I'm not doing that <laughs> I'm not interested I'm not I'm not interested I'm not doing that some of you love some of you love the water and boating and that's cool water sports are cool others of you there's others in here they're probably terrified of water or boats or the sound of a boat or or the octopuses in the uh, in the water I don't know you just don't want to mess with the wife. I don't know. You say, man, I'm doing that for so-and-so. And there are things we do for others that we love. My wife does it all the time. I do it all the time. There are things my wife was so good at over the years at doing with me, I thought she liked it. And it turns out she was like, I did that because you liked it. I'm like, really? She goes, oh, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I just did it because you like it. And there's other stuff I do with my wife. I'm like, I, I'm, it's, I'm not crazy about it, but it's cool. I'm with you, so let's hang out. Let's do it. All right? But you need to learn the power of no. Folks are forced into stuff they don't want to be forced into, and they hate it, and they resent it, and they do it with a bad attitude. You could have just said no and had a boundary. Some of you in here, yeah, I, I know. I no, I know someone like that. I know, I know how they are. Yeah, but everybody at some point has an issue with boundaries. I learned a lot about boundaries from Dad. I remember back in the day, and Dad learned this. He was much younger. But I I remember this happened. Dad was helping people with the amnesty program in the 80s. I think it was 1986 with President Reagan. It was from folks from other countries who had come over illegally, were using different social security numbers, and the government said, forgiveness for everyone? Turn in your social security numbers, basically. We need to know which ones you've been using, but you're forgiven. We're going to make you a citizen, a naturalized citizen. And that's, that's great. Great. All right. Good. That was 1986. Agree or don't agree, whatever. But I remember one time, must have been, I don't know if it was 11 p.m. or midnight on a Friday night or some crazy thing, and our phone rang, and everybody had our number in the 80s, huh, Dad? Everybody. They had our number. It was Pastor Fabian's house. Folks we didn't know called us. They were looking for help with their papers or different stuff. Someone called. I remember it was an important night for us as a family, for Dad included, and they said, Pastor Oh, man, and it's an emergency, Pastor. Y'all ready for this? Everybody has an emergency, huh? There are real emergencies. And then there's emergencies that are really just lack of planning. Y'all ever seen that? They didn't plan ahead. Well, these folks said, Pastor, we need to meet with you right now. I don't know if Dad needed to notarize something or fill out paperwork for them. It was late at night. They said, we need this done. We've got to be there tomorrow. We have an appointment. I'm already getting some laughter in here. Dad said, okay, man. So he he's helps them. They come over late at night. Mom's bummed out. I think Dad was bummed out. You couldn't have told, though. Dad's just, Dad is a pastor of pastors. He's a pastor at heart. They came over, and then Dad's talking to him. and said, how long have you known about this appointment? They said, a month. <laughs> yeah, my mouth dropped, too. I was 10. <laughs> and I knew that was weird. I was like, I was like I don't plan for much, but I lay my clothes out at night for school the next day cuz I'm going to I know next month on this certain day I'm going to be at school. So I got to make plans. I was 10, 11. Folks knew about an appointment a month ahead and they were infringing on our boundaries and I know Dad's sharp. He's a quick learner. He had other people do that later and he said, "Not right now. I meet you Monday. We have an appointment." You know what I say to people who say, I have an appointment, and their emergency has now become mine? I go, I have an appointment. It's amazing the stuff I've turned down just so I can hang out with my wife on Fridays. It's a day we spend together on Fridays. learned that from my parents. Some things are great, and some things are wonderful, but there's been other stuff that can wait, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that right now, and it's helped me to keep peace and freedom in my life. Because many times we do it with a bad, stinking attitude. We didn't say no. We didn't say no. Oh, man, this is stupid. You should have said no. You ever seen someone just doing it with a bad attitude? They're in the kitchen just doing it with. Just don't do it. No, I'm going to just do it with a bad attitude. No, get out of here. My dad learned me that. Hey, get out of here. He learned me that good. All right? No is powerful, confrontational, sets boundaries. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Look at this verse. I wonder if you've ever noticed this verse before. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. This is powerful. We know that God, let's just start with tithes and offerings. We know what God, the guidelines God has set for tithes and offerings. Tithes are 10% of your income. Offerings are whatever you want to give. You all remember that from Children's Church? All right. So we know God's guidelines, and whether you submit to it or not, is between you and God. You want to be blessed, and give. You don't want to be blessed, don't give the way God says. But this verse covers that and so much more. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. We give because we like giving, but there's been times I did not want to give, but I wanted to be blessed. Let's be real. Don't give reluctantly or response, response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Some, some preacher years ago said, yeah, but God doesn't hate a person who gives with a bad attitude. Well, well, true, but heart's everything with God. Heart is everything. So do it, do it the right way or don't. And don't get me wrong, I've given scared before. I've given and thought, man, I just got swindled. <laughs> oh, man, I think I just talk myself into a deception. I don't know if I was supposed to give. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I've heard of men of God, man, who gave a bunch of money to the kingdom of God and said, man, they just took my money, and then they plummeted into depression. But God will always bless you for giving. He will. But do it with the right heart. Say, no, I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to do it. This has been a discussion my wife and I have had over the years. I'm bringing that up because we're pretty good with boundaries with, e- with each other, and, and we're learning boundaries. And me, as an extrovert, I feel like extroverts, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like extroverts, some of their boundaries are a little weird. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. Say, what's an extrovert? Well, kind of free-spirited, kind of the life of the party vibe. Yeah, people that are, that are a little wild that way, th- they need to get their boundaries in check. All right? That goes for everyone, regardless of personality, but I'm talking about me. But over the years, we've learned, and we've learned with each other, that there's certain things that, are, that lead to fruitfulness and other things that don't. There's times we've looked at each other, and we did something, and we went. We're nev- it's almost like we said at the same time. We're like, we are never doing that again. We never should have bought that, or we never should have went there. Or, we're, oh, we're just not going to do that again. All right? You make sure that you do things with the right attitude, though. We do that in our relationship. It's like, if we can't do it with the right attitude, we need, to, we need to reboot and have another plan, okay? All right. If I couldn't preach with a good attitude, I would not be preaching. Are you with me? Do it with all your heart or get off the get out of the way. I don't know. I didn't know what I was going to say. I was going to say, get off the stage. A lot of you are like, man, I ain't getting on the stage for nothing. You know what I mean. Do it with, a, with the right heart or just say, man, I can't do it willingly. So if you can't do it willingly, don't do it. And you've got to do it for the right reasons. Do you want to be blessed by God in giving? Sure. But there are some things that you go, you know what? I can't do that. I'm uncomfortable doing that. Or I'm not ready to do that. Just in life in general. So give willingly. All right? And I know there's sometimes you've got to do it uncomfortably. I know that. Okay? There's got to be a balance. There's things that I know are the right thing, and they were, they were very uncomfortable to me very uncomfortable with me. We had a good boundary the other day, and I've done stuff like this before, and so has my wife. But we were at a swimming pool. A young group of men went and sat at the swimming pool. And where I was sitting, I couldn't hear what they were saying. Jen was laying out in the sun closer to them, and I guess these guys thought they were in a rated R movie, so they were using the F word over and over again. I couldn't hear them. Jen looks at me and goes, can you hear them? I go, no. And she goes, they're saying the F word over and over again. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to go tell them something. And she has before her. Jen's got guts. She'll go handle them. But, but y'all know how it is with men and women, right? The woman goes over there, and then i got to run over there and get in a fight with these dudes. <laughs> my husband, no, nah, I'm just kidding. My wife would not do that intentionally, but I've seen situations where the woman goes, man, my boyfriend will kick y'all's butts and backs up, you know, <laughs> and he can't fight. Well, I'm not a big bruiser, as you can tell. I can handle myself. But at the same time, I knew that that was a situation I could step into with boldness. Whether I was comfortable doing it or not, I said it's the right thing. They've now invaded a space we were at first. It's a swimming pool. But now they're, they're creating their own atmosphere there. All F words and a bunch of stuff. I couldn't hear what they were saying. So finally, I started tuning in. And then we heard one at the same time. I looked at Jen. I said, I'll go over there. So I walked over. to three guys. And man, if you could have seen the attitudes on these faces, I could have slapped somebody. God forgive me. I'm a pastor. I know. I didn't slap anybody. But I walked up. The ringleader there was talking and leading the conversation. And he was cussing. And they were cussing. And they were laughing. So I walked up. And I knew who the ringleader was. So I looked at him. I said, hey, guys, so sorry to bother you, man. I took off my hat and my shades. But I said, hey, the F words y'all keep using are very offensive to me. So if you'd please stop doing that. And the guy, he was, he was burning a hole in my head staring at me, the guy sitting down. But there were three of them. And they were like, I don't know if he said sorry or what, but he was cool about it. He humbled himself about it. So I walked away. They kept talking. I didn't hear any more words. And that was a boundary. Now, does that always work? Well, let me tell you right now, if you're at Chili's and someone's at the bar cussing, You probably don't want to confront them about their language if they have alcohol in them. You have to be wise about your boundaries, but you should still have boundaries. And ours that day was no more. No more. Okay, I didn't go into it expecting a confrontation, but I said, hey, I walked up peacefully, took my hat off, made eye contact, and said, hey, please, guys, I'm so sorry to bother you, but that's offensive to us, all right? So you've got to be able to say yes to the right stuff. And notice certain things, all right? So that's words. Number three is truth. Say truth is a boundary? Oh, look at this. Let's go to Galatians 6-7. Look at this. Look at what the truth of God's word says in Galatians 6-7. And I love this in light of recent events, in light of your life, in light of my life. This covers everything. Look at this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Wow. God's going to give justice. He said, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, y- you will. It's written in scripture. It's already been written thousands of years ago, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus himself talked about justice, him being the judge. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. I've heard some really wise people over the years going, only God can judge me. Hey, brother, don't, don't worry. God's going to judge you. One guy he put a tattoo on his arm, and he misspelled it. He said, only God can juge me. Do you remember that? Did you see that meme? J U G E. Well, only God can juge you, homeboy, so that's cool. People say that too. Only God can judge me. Yeah, but the thing is, the problem with that is, if you don't judge yourself in life, others judge you. They make decisions about you. Scripture says mankind looks on the outward, God looks at the heart. See, God's God's not judging people by their, say, oh, man, these tattoos, I don't know. No, that's between you and God. All this other stuff, that's between you and God. We don't care about all that mess. God cares about the heart of the matter. The Lord told the prophet Samuel that. He said, man looks on the outward, but I look at the heart. There's stuff that looks good, but it's crazy. There's people who look good, but they're nutty. There's people you've seen, huh, you're like, man, they have it all together. They don't. They, ju- they put a good face out in public. They put their best foot forward, and there's stuff going on, and they forgot that verse. Let's go to Galatians 6 7. This is for all of us. This is powerful. Say, man, that's just forgiving. What, for, when you give to God, what you sow is what you reap. No, this is an ancient law that covers everything. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always sow, or you will always reap what you sow. You know what I've learned about life? Some people have told me, man, Pastor Matt, you're tactful with people, and you're, you deal with people pretty well as a whole. You're tactful. I've had uh, folks tell me that. But I have a simple rule for life, and it's what Jesus said. And it's the golden rule that folks used to follow all the time. Many of us do in here. I know that. But I treat people how I want to be treated. And the truth of the matter is what we, we reap, what we sow. You sow disrespect with authority, you're going to reap it. Promise. And people find all kinds of excuses and say, my authority's stupid, though. Or they don't know nothing. Or, yeah, but if you sow that, you're going to reap it. You say, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to just disrespect women. Uh-huh, what about your daughters? What about your wife? mm I always treated people how I wanted to be treated. Someone told me one time, and I'll never forget this. I will never forget this. There was somebody who had a crush on me. And I kind of had a grudge against her, I think. And I'm not going to get into all that (laughs) because it's too dramatic. It's so dramatic for you this morning. But I was just kind of, I think I was messing with her head. And I wasn't intentionally doing it, but I think subconsciously I had a grudge against this girl. And I'll never forget my boss, and at the time, it's interesting her name, was Jennifer. She was older than me. And she said, Matt, number one. I'll never forget this. She said, number one, I don't like that girl. Number one. She was always protective of me. She said, that girl, I don't like her. Number one. She said, but number two, you need to remember that's somebody's sister and somebody's daughter. I went, oh, man. Do you mean? And she's like, you know what I mean. And that was it. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I said to that. But I've learned over the years that Jesus was so right, doing to others as you would have them doing to you. That's the truth of the matter, and that needs to be one of your boundaries, knowing God's truth about Him and His property limits. And His property limits and His boundaries and His limits, they limit us in certain ways, and they show us that He truly has boundaries. Okay? God's always given us a choice to, you can decide. Choose for yourself, remember? He said, here's the boundary. Choose life or death. Choose blessing or the curse. You can obey or disobey. You obey, here's the blessing. You disobey Here's the curse. God was always very clear. People say, there's no boundaries. Oh, they're all throughout Scripture. Over and over. Physical boundaries in land, boundaries of the heart, boundaries of desires, boundaries of confrontation. There are boundaries, and we've got to know God's truth about that. Truth must be a boundary. And at this day and age, don't be getting your truth, your truth from the media. I'm telling you right now. I don't care how conservative or left or moderate the media is. There's lies in all of it. You better go to Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN, something. There's a lot of truth there. I'm sure those are godly people. But, man, you need, your ultimate truth needs to be from God. That needs to be a boundary for, for you is if it's not the truth, I'm not going to spread it. And if it's not the truth, I'm not going to listen to it. And if it's vile, I'm not going to look at it. That needs to be a boundary for you. Is the truth. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, and I know this is a this is a little little bit much, but this is an adult service. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know who needs to hear th- to hear this, but pornography is a big lie. It's a big lie. It wasn't how God meant it to be, and it's it ain't right. It's a big lie. It's a distortion and perversion of the truth. You say, yeah, but what about Hollywood with this? What about the lifestyles of the rich and famous? That's a big lie, too. Look how many times they've been married, and they're not happy. Don't you be misled by lies. Let truth be a boundary. So let's, let's, let's review real quickly. Skin, most basic of boundaries. Most of you in here, I think you got that down pat. Don't touch me. OK, sorry. Don't hug me. OK, can, I f- can we fist bump, right? Skin's a boundary. Or, I don't even want to fist bump, I just want to wave at you. Great, praise God, that's your boundary. Number two, words. Yes and no. You can decide and you make boundaries with your words. I will not be treated like that. You're not going to, there's been married couples that one had to tell the other, I will not be treated like that. When you want to deal with me again the proper way, you can come around, but otherwise, forget it. There's a boundary. (laughs) Words, number two. Number three, truth. Get to know the truth so you can lay that down as a boundary, that it be your boundary for sure. We could get into all kinds of verses on truth. We know that the Holy Spirit was sent to lead us into all truth. Truth is not what you always want it to be. I need to tell everybody that. People say, no, this is my truth. Well, your truth is fake if it doesn't line up with God's word. Say, well, But what, what if my truth says, well, you're, I don't care what Oprah said. Years ago, Oprah said, my God would not. It's like, well, you made your own God, Oprah. I'm excited for you. You are a, an American success story. You're a giver. I admire her for a lot of reasons. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because you're rich or famous or you decided, you don't get to decide your own truth. You don't get to make that up as you go because guess what? Humans do. Humans are gifted at that. Well, what's true for me today, it's different tomorrow if, if you don't have God as your standard. I thank God for my dad who always gave us truth as a standard truth and words as a standard always said man these your words need to line up with God they need to speak his truth you need to speak positively dad taught us that and I honor dad on father's day and every day because of the truth of God's word that he gave us for boundaries and for everything else let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today and pray together father we thank you and we glorify your name today The truth of your word is this, and the boundary of your word is this. If we reject Jesus, we cannot live in heaven with you forever. But, Lord, if we accept Jesus, the blessing of that is eternal life and victory on this earth before we get into eternity. So if there's anyone at the sound of my voice today who says, I need to get right with God, Pastor Matt, I either need to make Jesus my Savior, or I just need to get right with God, would you raise your hand today, and I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray together. God bless you. God bless you, courageous hearts, you men over there. I see you, and I salute you today. You're courageous, and you're wise to seek God and repent. Let's agree today in prayer. Everybody in the house, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I know I've sinned, but I know your forgiveness is real, and I believe I can't live without you. I need your forgiveness. Now wash me. I confess my sin to you, Lord, and I receive your forgiveness. And I am right with you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am right with you through faith, by your grace, in Jesus' name. Right where you are, if you would, dads, In your seat, every dad in the house, would you go ahead and stand? We want to honor you today, but I'm going to pray a special blessing over you fathers. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Dad's in the house. You're such a blessing to us. You mean the world to your kids. You're uniquely gifted. You're uniquely blessed to do things that a mom cannot do. There's things that she does that we will never be able to do. But there is a role that only you will fulfill in your parents' life and in the lives of others as a father figure or a biological father. Now hear me well today, men. Your role is important. And it hasn't changed just because television shows make fun of men or dads or disrespect them or because some, some who are so far gone say we just want to push men out of everything. No, your role is more important than ever because there is a lack. There's a lack of good fathers on this planet right now. We need to be more like Jesus in this area. And I stand with you. I encourage you. I commend you. And I celebrate you today. But you can keep Keep going. You can keep doing what you do as a dad because you're important. Let's pray right now. I'm going to pray. Everybody in the house, raise your hands. Let's agree for these dads right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over every dad in this house. I break every attack of the enemy over them. I thank you that they're believing your truth. They're believing your words. And, Lord God, the, ba- the dads are setting boundaries. And the dads are honoring their wives if they're married. They're honoring you, God. They're fearing you and being an example in that area. And they are treating their kids with respect, dignity, and love. They're forgiving, but they're also disciplinary for kids that are that age. And I thank you, Father, that these dads, they have hearts like yours by faith in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for a special blessing over these men today. Only a man can be a dad. That's it. And I thank you, Father, for these men, the dads in this place, Lord, you created us male or female. That's it. And we have certain roles as such. Say, oh, man, what do we do with that? We're going to change it? I don't like that truth. Well, it's in the Word. I can't change it. I didn't come up with it. Like it or not, it's in the Word. I'm just quoting what the Word says. Male and female, he created them. says in Genesis, and Jesus alluded to that. From the beginning, he created them as male and female. So, Lord, I thank you for your special hand of grace, blessing, victory, favor over these men today. And Lord, I speak your blessing over them. May the Lord bless you and protect you, men. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. I declare it. I believe it today. Let it fall on them like never before and give them a heart for you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead and be seated this morning. Thank you, Lord God. We give you glory. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today, if you would, please. Praise God 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 is faithful thank you so much happy father's day men as you head out today we've got some gifts for you um you may have already gotten your gift i see a gift right there that's going to spend really well on amazon.com that's that's i'm one of their most dedicated shoppers does anybody need an envelope for tithe or offering today pastor does Pastor Fabian, Pastor Jen, anybody else in the house? I see some hands going up over there. Need an envelope for tither offering? Once again, I encourage you, get a hold of that book if you can. It's called Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. You'll learn a lot from it. I think the book is on audio now, too. Very, very important book. Say, man, this is far enough. No more. A Boundary. Anybody else need an envelope for tithe or offering? All right, remember there are three ways to give. You can bring it to church like you're doing this morning. You can bring it to the office during the week. You can go to kingsgatehobs.com or you can text to give at 45777. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to be part of your covenant. Thank you because you are the God of the universe who decided to create covenants so that you could relate to us in the realm and within the boundaries and confines of that covenant. Your covenant allows for this. It doesn't allow for that. It is I see it, Lord, as a perfect, perfect cube, a perfect box, your covenant. It has everything we need within it, and outside of it, Lord, that's all the junk we don't need. We've got to be part of your covenant. So thank you as part of your covenant for the universal law, the ancient law of covenant sowing and reaping. We give today, believing. We need your blessing. We trust you. We thank you. We honor you, Father. In Jesus' name.